thank you for taking time out of your busy day to join us. Uh, my name is Aaron Clifford, and I'm the Senior Vice President of Marketing here at Binary Fountain. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with Binary Fountain, hopefully you're not, but if you are unfamiliar, um, we are a single platform for businesses to manage the customer experience and online presence. So everything from listing services and management to reputation management, employer brand, surveys, mobile testimonials, that's sort of what we do. Um, as a company in the healthcare space, we know it's been a challenging time in everyone's business and personal lives. Uh, so we're extremely grateful that you would join us today, and we hope that uh, what we have to share is going to be beneficial, and uh, we're gonna try to squeeze in as much information as we possibly can into this time together. So to get for the next hour, we're going to be discussing ways for healthcare marketers to position their organizations for success as we begin to emerge from this crisis, if, if we're emerging or dealing with the next phase of the crisis maybe, um, including content marketing, internal communications, listings management, telemedicine, promotion. Uh, we're gonna cover a lot of ground in those particular areas. Uh, to help us talk through some of these strategies, I'm joined once again with Stuart Gandoff, the CEO of the integrated marketing firm, Healthcare Success. So Stuart, extremely happy to be doing this with you again. And um, with that, go ahead and introduce yourself. Great. Hi, everybody. Thank you again, Aaron. And thanks for inviting me back. I love doing these things with you guys. And you certainly are a terrific organization and have some great clients. And it's fun to uh, share some insights with you. As uh, Aaron mentioned, I am CEO of Healthcare Success. So we spend our life all day, every day, um, you know, working with uh, providers, hospitals, systems, um, uh, enterprise level practices and smaller practices, and even some farm and device, help them influence patients, help them influence doctors. That's really what our goal is to do. That's our reason to exist. Um, as we get into this, I'm going to share, uh, or let's see, uh, do you want to walk through the agenda here with us, um, Aaron? Yeah, um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll, we're going to cover quite a bit of ground and, you know, it's only like 750 slides. So don't be, <laughs> right, right? No, no, it's not that many. No, I just saw the number drop. No, please stay with us. It's, it's not going to be that long. You're funny, Eric. <laughs> uh, not that long, but we're going to cover, uh, headlines and data to try to answer the question, where are we now in this crisis? And then we'll discuss creative digital marketing strategies that will prove useful as we start to emerge from the pandemic. And then we'll walk through trends behind uh, some of the acceleration that we've seen in telemedicine that you all have probably seen, along with best practices for promoting virtual visits and capturing patient feedback. Uh, and then we'll dive into some key updates to Google and other listing platforms that you should look out for, um, along with the impact of COVID-19 to employer brands. And finally, we'll have a QA session. So for the Q&A, please feel free to submit your questions in the Q&A portion of Zoom uh, webinar. You'll submit those and then we'll get to those in the last uh, 10 to 15 minutes. So with that, Stuart, I'll pass it over to you to get started. Outstanding. Thanks, Aaron. So let's see, moving the screen. It says I can move the screen, but it's not. There we go. Um, hold on. Looks like we have a little bit of a delay here. So as I get started here, um, one of the key points I want to make is that 
Um, these are, as Aaron suggested a few minutes ago, obviously some very challenging times, you know, unprecedented challenging times. Uh, as if we didn't have enough uh, problems as a country of the pandemic, you know, we have a lot of social issues which are coming to the surface. It's highly politicized. There's a lot of um, uh, tension out there, very different viewpoints, and it's kind of hard to see what is happening in the world. And so I would say as I get into this, I'm going to start off with some headlines and some data as Aaron alluded to a minute ago, uh, because I feel like it's important to start before you start rushing to marketing, we would need to figure out where are we. And, you know, some of you may relate to this. I've been spending since we started social distancing early with our companies are still virtual. It's, a, it's important to make sure you still feel in touch, right? You're not getting that social interaction you're used to, to get a pulse on where people really are. So we're going to cover that, uh, the opening part here. And the main theme I would say is to remember that we need to pivot and change. Like some of the headlines I'm about to show you were unthinkable a couple weeks ago. So we need to be ready to pivot and change every month. Um, you know, we need to reassess where we are. I made, was very careful to pick only the most recent headlines because headlines of a couple weeks ago are already out of date. So we want to cut through the data, figure out what's going on. We're going to provide some insights to you. Then we're going to talk about some creative strategies, some communication strategies, and I'll talk about some of the uh, marketing opportunities that come with telemedicine. So that's where my section is. Um, so as we get into this, though, you'll see that if you know one hospital and one market, you know one hospital and one market. It varies. And that's really what this first headline is about. Um, is America's pandemic waning or raging? Yes. <laughs> so in some markets, you know, coronavirus has continued to spike. In other markets, it feels like it's under control. In other markets, they're like, what coronavirus, right? So it really varies by where you are on the ground every day. And, you know, for example, I did another webinar recently where um, uh, one of the people from one of the hospitals at Ground Zero said, hey, the good news is that people really love us for all the great work that we did with coronavirus and treating patients. The bad news is because we did so many, they're afraid to come to us. So that's a very different uh, situation than a small rural hospital where they haven't had coronavirus at all. So given that, I'm gonna to try to give you ideas and thoughts and stimulate thinking that'll make sense for your own personal situation because it does vary a lot. Whoops, I don't know why I did that. Karen, maybe this um, makes sense for you to take over the screen. I don't know why it's jumping around like this on me. Okay. I noticed sometimes Zoom has the gremlins uh, for sure. Yeah, welcome to technology. <laughs> so I'm done. All my slides are over. Right here. Yeah, wow. you can go now. <laughs> 750 slides went fast. <laughs> All right. So a uh, weekend of protest uh, erupt across the nation um, happened June 1st. Probably not something thought, people thought much about two or three weeks ago. Um, during that period, we were up to a million eight coronavirus cases, and all those people that were protesting. Uh, we're shoulder to shoulder, and there's a lot of articles on that and fears about that. And just yesterday, um, Fauci was talking about, you know, the concern of, you know, all those people shouting and uh, without masks face to face. So beyond the social crisis, the health crisis potentially could be exacerbated with that. The, um, again, you know, I just was looking for anecdotal uh, headlines to help you understand what's going on. This is another divisive um, issue. Uh, a lot of people are still divided whether their masks even are helpful. And obviously that's changed with yes, wear a mask. No, don't wear a mask. Yes, wear a mask. 
So people are divided about even masks, even the most basic public health issues. As you know, we've reached the grim milestone of 100,000 deaths. Um, 40 million now 40 million Americans have filed for unemployment and Fortune magazine says the real jobless rate is nearly 24%. Um, so obviously you're gonna have a huge impact when you have this much health, this much of a health crisis combined with this much of an economic crisis combined with a social crisis. A lot of things are just a new normal. Hospitals, uh, as many of you know, because of the people that are on the phone from hospitals, the public thinks hospitals are raking it in, right? You've got a lot of cases. And meanwhile, so many, all those procedures have been postponed and there's crickets in the ER. So lots and lots of financial pressure. This is not news to our audience, but again, it's finally making its way to the public. At the physician side, I've done a number of uh, webinars recently for uh, physicians and you know, the MGMA is showing that 97% of practices are under financial stress. This just came, this is more recent, came out from the AMA, um, calling for more relief for physician practices in Medicaid. Rural hospitals are always on the edge economically. And um, so National Geographic wrote about that even again, exacerbated based upon the um, uh, coronavirus. Meanwhile, the Dow opened up 200 on yesterday on the recovery. So this is where I'm just saying it's such a confusing time. I mean, it's crazy. And then finally, I'm setting Aaron up to talk more about this and myself later, $250 billion revenue opportunity with COVID. And I shared an anecdote last time and I'll share another one now. Um, you know, patients and doctors and everybody was a lot of trepidation based upon reimbursement and privacy and quality concerns. And certainly not everybody's a fan, but a whole bunch of people are. My last experience with telemedicine was my kid got bit by a spider. She was worried there was a circle. Instead of going to a dirty urgent care, because there was not many in the area that we were in that we thought looked very clean, um, certainly some great urgent cares, but not in that particular area, or spending a day at the hospital, we did a telemedicine uh, appointment in 10 minutes and had breakfast, you know, prepared breakfast while we were doing it. It's like, I'm sold, that's for sure. So going back to this again, you have headlines all across the uh, uh, board here. Now, this is really intriguing. I spent some time digging in the stats, so beyond the headlines, because it's really easy if you're just looking at headlines to get confused as to where America is. And you see parties in the Ozarks, and you assume everybody's just blowing this off, and nobody seems to care anymore. That turns out not to be the case. So certainly the outliers, those photo ops, uh, do exist. I'm not saying they don't. But the stats say 68% of Americans now expect the epidemic to last six months or longer. So, you know, almost 70% are in for the long haul. And some of those people, I didn't break it down, you know, are like a year or longer. So the, um, it's a big, big uh, percentage of Americans that are still leery. So please keep that in mind. 79% are concerned about coronavirus in our country. Again, you wouldn't think that. Um, you know, it's, it seems like if you're watching the news, at least some of the news, that, you know, people are just completely blowing this off. Well, 79% are still worried. And these are recent stats. This is the most recent data I could find. Half are scared of contracting the virus. Um, so uh, personally, beyond the countries, they're interested personally. 61% um, don't return, expect the economy to return to normal until sometime in 2020. Um, or sorry, 2020 rather. Um, the, um, so that's two thirds again. So these are all data from different sources showing us that the public has not yet embraced or opened. <laughs> 68% expect to delay big uh, purchases. And this is funny. 
84% thought that it was important for business to get back to normal. Now, given everything we just described, that's hard. But there is even, I'm not, I didn't share this in this deck, but there's even stats that, you know, humorous and funny ads are appropriate. And so, you know, the whole we're all in this together theme has been hit for a long time. People are getting annoyed. Um, with, even though we are all in this together at various stages. So it's time to begin adjusting your creative messaging. Um, so people are looking for some normalcy back in their life. So one of the things that um, I want to describe as well is, uh, you know, as we're preparing for this, our creative director, Dana, I spoke with her, and she's, as I may have alluded to in the last webinar, has spent a lot of time previous to working with us uh, on pharma, working with rare disease drugs. And so when you're working with rare disease drugs, you spend a lot of time thinking about the Kubler-Ross model. You may have heard about it before, the various stages of grief. And so looking at this from a perspective of um, the pandemic, you know, again, you've got, so this is a context. And what I'm trying to do here is to give you some creative, to think a little bit differently about your audience. And I'll describe why in a minute. But so there are people at all stages really here. So there's denial, right? That's the first stage of, you know, if you're worried, if you think you're, or if you've heard the news, you're going to die. The first news is denial. And so there are some people that still deny, right? We've been months into this now, half a year since it's happened in China. And so there are still people that feel like this is all overblown and they're resuming their activities and maybe never even stopped. So you have a certain subset of the audience that feels that way. Um, others are still feeling anger, right? And anxiety and depression. And the, these counts are way up. Stats are varied. I was gonna share some with you, but they're, they're all across the board. But clearly, when you talk to therapists, you talk to people in the business, um, you know, there's always people with anxiety and depression. But again, that's being exacerbated by the current health crisis we're facing today. And so there's a grief of their form, losing their formal lives. And, you know, here I am in California. I live in a beautiful spot. You know, now that we're going outdoors, it's a little bit better. But, you know, I feel this. I understand this. I feel like, geez, it really would be nice to go out to a nice dinner without, you know, fear of contracting the, contracting the virus. So there's some of that. And people may be at various stages of this on any given day. You know, dialoguing and bargaining stage, talking, reaching out, learning. Um, that's probably where a lot of people are today. You know, they're kind of not quite at the last stage, but they're at least, you know, beginning to talk about it. My wife just told me a few minutes ago uh, that, um, you know, she's having a happy hour, a social distancing a happy hour at our house. It's no longer virtual. I got together with my friend Rob Klein in Palm Springs last week, same thing, or, uh, Rob and I and our wives got together. We're still far, far apart, we're outside, but we're beginning to talk, we're beginning to emote, and beginning to sort of process. And a few are already in the acceptance stage. They're moving on, they're in the new normal, um, and so we have that. So as you start thinking about your personas, which I'll talk about in, even more in a minute, think about like kind of where people are you know, broadly, because you're gonna have a mix of these folks in your marketplace. And depending on where you are, different proportions. Uh, interestingly, to prepare also, I spoke with a uh, friend of mine who happens to be a therapist for my kids, but he's also a speaker and author and uh, kind of an authority on performance. And so, you know, that's his world. And so I talked to him about what he's seeing in his own practice and what he and his colleagues are seeing. And I think this is interesting and, and again, help guide us as we think about our consumers in our marketplace. So interestingly, a lot of people have taken this time for self-reflection. And some don't, some just keep working and don't even think about it. But a lot are doing that and not everybody likes what they see. Some do, some don't. Um, interestingly, and I feel like this is important, uh, one of the key things, particularly working with uh, professional athletes and you know, high performance people, high performance business people, 
The type A's who are used to being successful because of they control everything, now feel loss of control and therefore a loss of identity. So you have a lot of people out there that are used to being in charge, used to controlling everything. And so think about how that would impact um, your marketing. So for example, if you are marketing, sometimes people, we break it down a lot of times into the four categories of personality styles, right? So you have directors uh, or the controllers, the decision makers, you have analyticals who think a lot, more the engineering types, supporter, amiables, those are the warm and fuzzies, and then you have the promoter, expressives who are out there. You probably have seen some variation of that model. Well, those type A's are used to just give me choices, I'll make a decision. And so right now, when they're not in control, it's much harder for them to make a decision, and there's just a lot of emotional stress that comes with that. Um, on that note, stress brings some people together, and obviously based upon something what we're seeing, pulls others apart. So, you know, you have this dynamic where psychologically, uh, people are in a whole new world. Now, here's something bizarre. Um, my wife is in this category. It's funny, um, Joe um, Jardine, this was a therapist I was referring to a minute ago, and I both have uh, wives who are introverts. They're happiest clams, they tell us, <laughs> to stay at home orders, they're with their family, they're with the, the dogs, they're with the people they love. So again, you have a different dynamic there. And then finally, keep in mind that, and this again from a marketing standpoint, some are using this opportunity to make positive changes in their business, their relationships, their lives, and most importantly for the purposes of this meeting, health. So you've already heard probably about people getting divorced or likely to get divorced. Other people are rediscovering their marriages. Some businesses are uh, floundering or others are reaching new highs. Um, I recommend, by the way, to anybody in business, even if it's a hospital or system, to be thinking about your business model going forward. This is a fantastic time to be reevaluating, particularly as we get into things like telemedicine later, um, to really reevaluate it because the models are all going to change. And then health. So there is some opportunity positive with all this negative news to reach out to consumers that have decided, finally, it's time to lose weight. Finally, I want to take control of my health. Finally, I'm ready to do this. So as you start thinking about your message, recognizing that this audience is going, there are going to be people within the audience that are ready to make some big changes and your marketing should reflect that. So in terms of creative strategy, um, here are some of the things that we recommend. I was speaking with my creative director, Dana, and me, we were describing this before this meeting. So our first of our first strong recommendation is rethink your personas. Most of the people on this uh, call today are marketers. Chances are you have personas, you've broken your audience down beyond just you know, female 35 to 45. You've thought through personas, you've figured out who you're reaching psychographically as well as demographically. So I would say this is a really good time to go back and test the assumption you make. Maybe they're completely the same, but really nobody's exactly the same. So I would really encourage you to rethink your personas in lieu of the coronavirus uh, pandemic. It's really important. Um, make appropriate changes to your messaging um, to make sure that it resonates uh, with people in our new normal. So as you're thinking today, like just a moment ago, we described that some people are ready for change. So how can we make sure that messaging makes sense? You know, in the last webinar we did, we talked about, you know, no handshaking, no people hand in hand, no uh, uh, large crowds. So that was the beginning step. But now, again, what feels, you know, maybe a little bit leading edge, but still appropriate for the audience. You can't move too fast back towards normal. It's funny, um, again, I'm preparing for some other presentations I've been working on, looking for the word teamwork on Shutterstock. The way they show teamwork, or I'm sorry, partnership rather was the word. 
every single slide was sh uh, showing people shaking hands. <laughs> that doesn't work today. So you have to think through how do you show uh, concepts like partnership in new ways, which is in a way fun. It's a creative challenge. So make sure that you do that. Um, we also expect to see what we call COVID resolutionists. So we've had for many years, obviously, New Year's resolutions where everybody feels like, okay, this is the year I'm going to finally lose weight. This is the year I'm going to finally take control of my asthma. This is the year I'm finally going to do something about my droopy eyelids, or I'm going to finally take action against my migraines. Um, so what we expect, given all that we've just described, is despite all the chaos and all the craziness, that there's people are going to be um, – resolving to take advantage of this time, certainly a subset. Quantifiable, I don't know, but certainly there's people out there. So a lot of the, the, the and our hypothesis is here, a lot of the healthiest people will work even harder to stay healthy. And not in a braggy way, but it's funny, my wife complains about me to her friends because I have a little home gym here, in the same room I'm talking to you about, and I've actually lost a couple pounds. She's like, my husband lost weight in COVID, can you believe it? But that's always been me, right? So it's, well, I might as well make the best of it. So there are people out there that are gonna work even harder and because they have more time, they'll probably work even harder to stay healthy, which is great. There's a moderate group who may double down and try harder, but the real opportunity I think is, uh, for those of us in the healthcare space, is of the people that are not so healthy, you're gonna get some who'll do nothing at all. But there's gonna be a certain percentage that has a opportunity right now for you to be able to reach them in ways that you've never been able to before so that you can talk to them in a new message, like let, let us be part of your, your new life. This is a new you. And again, you have to time this appropriately. As I said earlier, every market's different. So some markets aren't ready for that message at all. You have to recognize there's gonna be a gradation here between you know, which message is appropriate now and which is later. You may, may even make sense internally to do sort of a flow chart, kind of predicting the future and what kind of marketing might make sense for this stage where people go through the, uh, uh, the bell curve of accepting the reality and getting back to life. So, but at some point marketing towards those people who feel like I'm ready for something better um, is certainly a strategy worth exploring with your marketing. Also today guiding principles should include things like values. When I say values, I mean positive values, like, right, we care about people, um, but in a different way, you know, right now um, there's certainly with the, um, challenges we've had uh, with the black uh, violence and racism against blacks has always been around, but it's come up to light. Some companies are embracing and taking a forward, which is great, um, a forward stance. And the, the key is how can you as a company embrace this without making it into a marketing opportunity, right? So there's values there, there's authenticity, um, transparency and safety. These are always values, but there's even data, as I was preparing for this, I chose not to show up because it's long and hard to describe, but. Essentially, things like uh, safety are a lot more important to people than they have been in the past. It was always presumed. So, which, did I lose the slide here? Um, okay, I think I'm okay. So how do we turn back on? I'll describe that more later. Um, so again, remember, uh, strategies will vary tremendously by location provider type. A hospital system is different than a single location hospital, which is different than a multi-specialty group of hundreds of locations, which is different than a single practice, family practice. So it is going to vary a lot. And then by location, New York is a lot different than Kansas in terms of its impact of the coronavirus. So keep that in mind. Had it said, 
Um, I would strongly recommend that you continually, and a lot of the hospitals have done a pretty good job of this, others not so much, but to really integrate with what the clinical team's priorities are. And I felt like what we went through the last couple months is this unprecedented, um, exciting time in a way, um, and a tragedy sadly took to bring out, but where there was coordination between the clinical team, the administrators, the marketing team, everybody's on the same page. And so hopefully if you're already doing that, continue to do that. Because you know now, as we're past the crisis phase in many markets, we're prepared, we're ready, we're kind of managing the cases, then how do we successfully roll out the elective care and the um, surgical non-urgent care? How do we, you know, what is the priority within the hospital clinically? And then make sure the marketing uh, team is uh, aligned with that. One of the things I thought about and uh, a lot lately is triage, the whole concept of triage. So. Uh, if you have limited budget and you have limited resources, target the people you know that are your own patients, right? Target your high-risk patients first. Um, I would argue it's a duty of a hospital to make sure that we do everything we can to make sure that um, they're our first priority. These are people that already have relationships with, we already have their health records. So think about how can we reach out to the people that um, trust us already, make sure they're getting the care they need. Um, clearly, you've seen some of the other headlines about people you know, getting heart attacks and strokes because they're afraid to go to the ER. So we need to spend a lot of time working on that messaging. So on that note, use this opportunity to raise awareness of emergency problems like strokes and heart attacks. You know, having somebody die at home because they had a stroke and didn't do anything or have them you know, debilitated for life when they could have been in help is just tragic. Um, I put in here and symptoms to remind people that you know, people aren't doctors, and so symptomatically describe what the symptoms are, and they've come a long way on this with strokes, to make sure people know. Um, and maybe there's ways of integrating telemedicine into this. When you're not sure, call us. We're here. Um, you know, obviously, clinically, you want to make sure that's appropriate. So think this through clinically. What makes sense for telemedicine as a test? What should just come straight to the hospital no matter what? But awareness, awareness. Consider the needs of high-need consumers. So social determinants of, determinants of health, obesity, diabetes, uh, seniors, this would probably be at the top of your list community-wise. Again, this is a chance to develop thought leadership in your community. And so, you know, you may have had, you know, you probably have had, if you're at a hospital level, campaigns about this in the past. Well, it won't be just simply dusting them off and rerunning them. It's a new epidemic. So it's the, this, sadly, this never gets old, right? You may have done obesity last year, but that hasn't gone away probably. So consider the framing the message in the context of today. Uh, importantly, TV and online media consumption remain high. I spoke about this on the last webinar and they're almost as high as before. It's dropped off a little bit, which you'd expect, uh, but people are still there. Um, even in the States where people are opening and people are beginning to open up, there's still much higher than average TV and online media consumption. Also, there's new habits that have changed. Even for the people who are going back to work, back to the office, um, there's you know, new habits that have formed over the past eight weeks or so. Paid search. Um, you know, we do a lot with paid search with our company. Uh, it's one of our, not our, certainly our only weapon, but it's a favorite weapon because it targets people who are already looking for care. So I saw some data about, uh, in fact, um, Aaron's gonna share some of the data they put together about what hospital markers and healthcare markers are doing now. And you know, a lot of the strategies have taken a back seat, but naturally so for crisis care and some content marketing. But as a reminder, people that are in the market don't search for care uh, typically, especially terms like you know, um, weight loss doctor near me. 
unless they're looking, unless they're, uh, they don't just do that randomly. So they may be at different levels of the funnel, but paid search is really strong. Uh, and we are seeing that in our own marketing. So a lot of our clients that paused or slowed down uh, are back in the market already. And what we're seeing is certainly interest again in, in getting healthcare. And we, as I expected and predicted last time, the conversions have been softer. So people will be clicking through, reading, but they may be taking time to actually contact you, which means in that case, you know, think about retargeting um, back to your, these patients through um, Facebook uh, and other methods. So paid search uh, for those people who are looking for care. Another opportunity, we did a webinar recently because of the uh, pandemic, uh, pharma reps and physician liaisons at the hospital level can't reach doctors and they probably won't for a long, long time. Um, because, you know, obviously they're trying to social distance. They don't want a bunch of drug reps or physician liaisons hanging around the lobby um, when they're trying to keep people in at a very slow pace. So one-to-one -one digital marketing with email, with targeted paid social. Uh, if you're interested in that, let us know. We just did a full webinar on that. But, you know, do digital marketing to reach those referring and many doctors on a one-to-one -one basis. I mentioned safety a minute ago. Safety is always important. Remember that safety is um, number one on the Maslow hierarchy of needs list. Number one, right? You're not thinking about uh, self-actualization, writing poetry if a tiger is chasing you down the street. <laughs> safety is number one. But what's intriguing in our world today, um, for most people, not all, but for most people, safety is, was presumed. Up until you know February sometime in America, that thing that was happening in China was a distant you know, we've seen this before, it's no big deal, everything's blown, overblown. So nobody really thought much about safety until they had to. So um, it's gonna be very difficult. You're not gonna get people thinking about weight loss if they're still afraid, you know, they could die if they make it into your waiting room. So number one, safety first. It's a, it's a saying, but it's from a marketing standpoint, it's critical. Um, Lots of evidence out there that even easing government restrictions make it possible for people to come out. That doesn't mean they will. <laughs> so easing government restrictions is the first step, uh, but that does not equate to feeling safe. And a lot of people are afraid that, you know, okay, great, we can come out, but are they going to have to shut down again because too many people came out too fast? Again, I'm going to stay away from the politics of this, but there are certainly, while there's some people out and about as though nothing happened, there's a lot of people, as the statistics show, that are not quite there. Um, this is an interesting stat, just going back to stats for a moment. Uh, again, this is uh, super recent. More than 60% of Americans said they'd wait one to six months to return to routine healthcare after restrictions are lifted. So, you know, almost two thirds say they, their plan is to wait. However, I have some other stats that I think you'll like. Uh, this is really important. According to McKinsey, uh, kind of a trusted source there, 50% of patients said they might reschedule earlier if their doctor's office can call them to reschedule. I want to say that again because that may be one of the biggest takeaways of the meeting today. 50% said they might be willing to reschedule if their doctor's office called them. So, and I'm using the term broadly. I read the study, and if anybody wants it, I can get it to you. But um, it's not super clear the context of this, but the basic idea, whether it's calling, emailing, texting, I don't know, whatever is appropriate to try to get in front of your patients, that active effort, whether it's a doctor's office or a hospital, is something to think through and to build into your marketing system. Uh, don't start off with the obscure stuff unless you do the basics. And that means that, you know, for a big hospital system, that's a lot easier said than done, right? That's a whole process. Someone's got to figure that out. Do we use call centers? How are we going to do that? But again, the data shows us that, um, and it just makes sense. People trust their doctors. All the data shows they trust their doctors even more. So with some nudging, 
people are more likely to come in. So call, email, text, uh, make sure that, don't just do that though. Explain the safety measures you put into place. Uh, I have some people on my team that have some health issues now. Uh, one of us, one of our team members has a husband with stage four colon cancer. And she literally called me asking what to do because she was afraid to take him to the oncologist. And while I'm not an expert at this, um, you know, I told her like, well, talk to them about their safety measures. Make sure they put that into place. So clearly this is important to a whole bunch of people. Don't make the mistake of thinking everybody's back to normal. Uh, reinforce that messaging everywhere, your website, social media, directories, online, offline advertising, um, safety first. Um, Keep in mind that people, just like the diffusion of innovations curve, uh, most marketers have seen that, where some people are innovators, then you get into early adopters, and you get into early majority, late majority of migrants, right? The people that tend to be more at the early part of that curve tend to be you know, younger and more educated. The people at the older end of the curve are a bit less uh, educated, less money and older. But that, whether that's the case in this case or not is really not the point. It's just to remember that not everybody's ready. And so you're gonna to have to build your marketing strategy recognizing no matter what you do, some people are gonna be taking more time than others. And so um, it's a reality of life, build that into your marketing. Oh, and remember that patients don't fully understand medical terms like elective surgery. Elective surgery, people think of that means a facelift, but obviously that's a completely different term clinically. Finally, I'm gonna set the ball up here for Aaron. Um, telemedicine, I'm going to tell you about how fantastic telemedicine is, how it's going to change the world. You've heard that for sure. But I would suggest, number one, promote telemedicine and telehealth benefits um, now to seize a leader, leadership position while you still can. Um, it's still, while it's not new to you anymore, it's still new to the public. This is a fantastic opportunity to seize a leadership position. Two, consider the entire digital journey. Um, Aaron will be speaking about that. It's not just your website. It's the entire digital journey throughout the process, directory listings, email, social media, display. Target people and paid search and SEO who are actively looking for telehealth. Um, finally, one of the things I talk a lot about is look at telehealth as a bridge that allows people to safely and competently re-engage. So maybe you need to have them come in for procedures, but telehealth could easily be the first step. And then as we get into the um, later stages of the pandemic, uh, telehealth can be a fantastic, and I've been talking about this for years, a way of doing a low risk offer. So if you're a direct response marketer, a low risk way to find out about bariatric surgery. You don't have to come down and sit at a seminar. You don't have to go pay for an office visit. To have a quick telehealth consultation, for example, is a fantastic opportunity with telemedicine. Okay, um, Aaron, I told you, you wouldn't have to give me the hook. <laughs> so uh, I'm turning it over to you. No, I, I had no worries. And yeah, thank you, Stuart. Just the insight and the perspective definitely gets my brain working differently. So um, thank you for sharing those items. And again, please, all of you, if you have questions, please feel free to submit those. We'll get to them in a few minutes here. Um, so you know, Stuart, I think he covered the getting back into telemedicine very, uh, or not getting back into, but the opportunity telemedicine provides. And just wanted to share with you some of the things that we've observed and also have found in some of our surveys um, that we have done to marketers, healthcare marketers. So we know that the pandemic has spurred all kinds of providers to accelerate the rollout and the promotion of telemedicine uh, initiatives. Uh, Forrester Research, this is just mind boggling, um, but it's believable, says that virtual healthcare interactions are on pace to top 1 billion by year's end. 
And uh, no doubt, if you all have uh, used telehealth uh, and options, you know, like Stuart mentioned about his daughter with the spider bite, you know, that it is extremely convenient. And um, my wife had a situation and she needed to, with all the COVID stuff happening, didn't want to go to an urgent care, um, but had set up a, a visit with an urgent care that was connected to her primary care physician, which was connected to the hospitals that we uh, normally go to. And all the information was right there. It was a beautiful digital journey. She was able, the physician was able to pull up her records and medications and other items. And it was just extremely simple from the beginning to searching to the completion of her appointment. It was only 35 minutes, which is just extremely convenient. Um, and she got the help that she needed. So huge, huge, uh, obviously. You all have found that out. We did a survey to healthcare marketers asking about how their strategies are changing due to COVID-19. And we asked what projects or initiatives uh, they had planned post COVID-19. And the three responses were telehealth, online listings, and advertising. So when it comes to communicating about the telemedicine offerings, please keep in mind that half of consumers are concerned about receiving low quality of care from a telemedicine appointment. Um, according to surveys from the AP NORC Center and the advisory board, which the AP NORC um, Center just has great data in case you wanna uh, look them up and look at reports that they put out, very good. Uh, most of the studies that we've seen show that virtual visits are actually right on par for the care quality measurements, but perceptions of virtual care are what they are. So uh, definitely explaining the quality and uh, incorporating patient testimonials of what they've experienced. Obviously, if the consumer gets that from reviews uh, where there are telemedicine uh, experiences shared, that helps your marketing program. Uh, but when you can and it's appropriate, share those testimonials on your digital channels if you're able to capture those as well. Um, other top consumer concerns surrounding virtual visits include data security, privacy, needing an in-person clinic, um, anyway. So, you know, I, I need, actually, I need to see somebody in person. All of those things with consistent communication and very directed communication on those concerns uh, can make a big difference in gaining more appointments. Uh, cost is always a top issue. So make sure that your review management team and the providers that are responding to uh, online reviews have the appropriate information to respond to the FAQs that come along. Uh, the University of North Carolina Medical Center Virtual Urgent Care page is a great example of a FAQ page. It answers many common consumer questions before the patient even has to ask. So I encourage you guys to come up with content that's helpful in answering those questions just to remove that barrier uh, of entry into your health system or your clinic. Uh, next. Uh, there's a huge opportunity that we're seeing with your listings management initiatives to drive the adoption of telemedicine. So 81% of patients are more likely to select a medical provider who offers telemedicine services over one who does not when choosing a physician, according to the software advice survey. So make sure that your listings are updated across all platforms, directories, and social media pages for every location and for every provider. If telemedicine is your primary means of seeing patients during COVID-19, 
uh, and during the reopening, we would uh, definitely mention that word higher up in the bio for the providers. So it's in the search previews uh, when, you know, via whether it's Google or on a particular platform. Uh, both CareDash and HealthGrades have telehealth indicators that you can add to your profiles uh, for your physicians. And um, HealthGrades is also adding a search filter for telehealth services. So you'll want to have that category checked to appear in the results um, on health grade searches. Of course, your own website, extremely important. I think uh, the Billings Clinic, they have their homepage banner is a great example of the promotion. They highlight it with um, sort of you know, the banner with the bright colors, large, easy to read text. It's a very efficient way to get traffic into their uh, digital lobby, so to speak, of the website and lets patients know immediately what their options are for booking an appointment. I thought it was interesting, Stuart mentioning that 50% of patients said, hey, if you call me, I may make a, I'll book an appointment. Uh, so obviously using those off digital channels are important, but making sure your digital channels are up to snuff there. Um, as a relatively new healthcare experience for many, the patient reviews and ratings are highly highly valuable for those considering telemedicine services. Um, just in when we were searching out and looking for a telemedicine physician um, to get an appointment, we were definitely looking at the reviews and seeing what the experience was. So encouraging patients to leave a review and share their experience that they had with telehealth is going to be extremely important to others that are taking that journey, um, trying to find a provider. Um, they're valuable to the health systems too. Kaiser Permanente, their virtual patient interactions survey said 93% of the patients that they saw were satisfied with their experience. So the online nature of telemedicine gives you an increased access to contact information that's important for marketers as well. There's a number of different um, tactics that you can use to gather information uh, that could be helpful for future campaigns and also to understand the patient experience for those uh, visits. <clears throat> uh, we encourage you to add specific telemedicine questions to surveys and benchmark it against in-office uh, patient experience. Uh, our, we had a webinar and we had a representative from Steward Medical Group, Joanne. She shared with the audience that the Steward Medical Group rolled out their telemedicine program in just two weeks during the crisis. And a huge part of provider adoption were that they, the patient experience team shared the comments, the positive comments that they received in the surveys with the physicians about how positive those uh, visits were for the patients. And that drove a lot of adoption, especially to those hesitant physicians. Uh, obviously, Medicare, Medicaid, and insurance companies paying at the same rate as an in clinic or in-person visit. Also, that definitely drives adoption. But it's important for the physicians to know, are patients happy with the care that they're receiving through these visits? So definitely add those questions to the surveys that are specific to telemedicine. And just for your own study and reporting and communication to uh, senior leadership uh, to compare and contrast to in-person to the virtual visits, very important. All right, next, um, Google search. So the understandable interest in telehealth initiatives, 
post-COVID, it's completely understandable. Um, from our healthcare marketer survey, it's nearly matched with the increased focus on listings to management and online appointments. So for current initiatives that we asked about, both email marketing and content marketing have decreased sharply in priority for healthcare organizations while online listings climbed to the second most important initiative on average, uh, just behind crisis communications. Obviously, with the changes of hours, with the closures, it's no reason why. And with the reopening, it's still gonna be up there to make sure that, you know, are they open? You wanna make sure that Google My Business is there and it's updated. So it's no surprise to us that why that ranks so high in the survey. Um, according to our own data, so we have a lot of data that we've collected from various health systems and clinics, um, Google My Business pages, um, the total search for health care organizations dipped more than 60% in March before climbing back up to now 43% fewer weekly searches uh, than in February. Uh, so we're coming back, we're seeing profiles getting more traffic, so important to have the profiles updated with the correct information. So you should monitor these changes with your own profiles, monitor the traffic you're getting, and um, you know, make sure that we don't see the full impact yet, um, but an SEM uh, rush report found that the industries most impacted by the updates were travel, real estate, and health. And these are updates that Google is making to the Google My Business page. <clears throat> um, they also announced, if you guys didn't see it, that they, Google, they're making changes to their algorithm in 2021 based on page experience. Um, so there's not you know, necessarily a rush right now, but you don't want to be you know, left behind in 2021 when they make this change. Uh, it's expected to add a little more weight to things like load times, mobile friendliness, and other factors around the user experience on your web pages. So Google's typically, they're pretty, uh, they've, when they make an update to their algorithm, it's normally in concert with the advice. that they have given before and the webmaster definitely do some studies that um, you have you know on your own website uh, and they're telling me I cut off a little bit so sorry if I cut out uh, internet connection it's not the, it's not the best at home so thanks for your patience there anyway as I was saying that you know make sure that you're investing in your digital platform where your website lives and that the patient experience is on not the patient the digital patient experience is on par with what Google's recommending. All right, um, just a, a couple of more things then we'll get to the QA. So please, if you have questions, please submit those. Um, if you haven't already, you definitely need to be adding the COVID-19 info, COVID info link to your profiles and virtual care attributes to the Google My Business profiles. It's there waiting for you to put data in. So please utilize those. Uh, most online directories and platforms have made one or two COVID-19 related features available. Um, Facebook has had options for temporary closures and service changes. Twitter is prioritizing verification for accounts that have email addresses associated with an authoritative health organization. Yelp has alert banners uh, and business pages. 
um, CareDash and HealthGrades, we mentioned those already. LinkedIn, uh, from an employer brand standpoint, they have urgent hiring features for health-related communities. So if you support your HR team, um, be aware of the offerings that LinkedIn have and the updates to the profiles for job listings that they have. Uh, you can find a lot of these resources on binaryfountain.com, COVID-19 uh, resource page. So please reference those. We try to keep that updated as we learn. Um, Google is also adding in, this is a really important thing to pay attention to because this will impact your business for sure and uh, even the operations of your clinics. So Google is adding the insurance providers to business profiles. So your GMB, make sure that you're auditing it and staying up to date with what they're putting on there and make sure that it's in concert with what is true and what's happening within your clinic and your healthcare organization. Uh, also, you'll want to map those if you have insurance providers on your physician profiles on your hospital website or your clinic's website and make sure that they match up. Uh, if there's a um, discrepancy on the Google My Business profile, you can submit a change in question and Google will address those. Um, next, I want to talk briefly about employer brands. So we're seeing uh, a big increase in the employer brand uh, just with the layoffs and furloughs and maybe the rehiring now, seeing a lot of activity there. So, um, you know, obviously the, you know, this has been a challenging time for healthcare systems and some have had pandemic pay programs, some have had to lay off. And so just please be monitoring your Glassdoor and Indeed profiles, other places where your employees may be leaving comments. Um, we, our survey, we found that more than one third of respondents had team members laid off or at risk of layoffs. And um, so it's significant, right? So how the healthcare organizations manage the internal communications during this time will definitely have a lasting impact on the company's culture. And so we're encouraging you, you know, communicate with empathy, um, keeping your employees up to date. We definitely, uh, if you are posting jobs again, we recommend updating the job listings with a message about COVID-19 and directing people to the careers page and letting them know that hiring is ongoing or on pause, either way. And, um, and for both job seekers and current employees, your online brand needs to be perceived as empathetic and competent. Job seekers will remember uh, which companies rose to the occasion and led through the crisis. Uh, LinkedIn did a study where coronavirus-related posts are getting more engagement than any other post, especially those focusing in on how companies are helping, um, perhaps because people are looking for uh, resources and ways to cope. Engagement with the coronavirus post from companies is significantly higher than engagement for the average company post. Um, so more on employer brand communications. You know, the view of corporate transparency is has an even sharper lens right now. Organizations are having to make difficult decisions with seemingly no good options. Um, but trust definitely will be to those employers showing compassion or empathy. Um, so, you know, just in terms of there might be opportunities operationally, uh, especially with the advent of telemedicine to keep physicians and staff relatively satisfied uh, with sharing positive feedback. Mass General, they did a study where a majority of their clinicians reported higher efficiency um, for the virtual appointments, but for uh, they felt better when hearing good news about their 
brand and what they were doing. So share positive feedback that you're getting on all channels, whether that's from Glassdoor and Indeed, current employees or those that may have interviewed in the reopening and as there's jobs, it makes it goes a long way, a really long way. All right, with that, uh, we'll move to the Q&A session. Um, I've got a question that came in here. Uh, can you repeat the example about what you said about a great FAQ? Yeah, that was the University of North Carolina Medical Center. They have um, a great page on there where they answer a lot of questions. So definitely check that out. Um, all right, got another question that came in. Um, how can you make sure that you understand that while certain offices may be closed, the PCPs who are attached to that offices are still seeing patients virtually? So I think again, you know, Stuart, you may have some uh, thoughts on this. It is uh, really important that you follow up with your patients first that had appointments uh, and calling them back but then also on your website and on your social media channels, updating uh, that you are open. Uh, make sure that your listings are up to date, really important. But Stuart, any thoughts on that one? Yeah, I would say just one thing I was gonna bring up earlier is um, again, things that are obvious to you um, are not obvious to them. So in this pandemic where everything is so out of touch, I would just say over communicate. Um, you know, like the, the, we always talk about on the creative side, we get tired of the creative, you know, years before your, your patients do, right? So it's the same thing here. Like you may have said, well, we said that. They should all know that. Well, they don't. <laughs> it's like they're not, they have a passing credit in their life. They're under stress. They're trying to get stuff done. So I would just say yes to everything Aaron just said, but don't worry about over-communicating because that's really critical. And even, and one of the just quick comment, Aaron, the last thing you said before I went to the ethic or the QA was, you know, to celebrate those internal wins. Even in a company like ours, where I have 30 people, we're all virtual right now. Like, you know, just telling them what you're doing for these great big health systems or practices or whatever, people don't know, especially today. So I just say over-communicate, over-communicate now, because you have to. Yeah, a great point. Uh, another one, Stuart, that you might be able to answer. Um, well, I know you can answer it, but um, it's better for you to answer. Um, we suspended our advertising when COVID-19 happened. Uh, as we ease back into it, where do you suggest we should invest first. Where do you go first from a paid okay. advertising standpoint? For sure. So if, I'm not sure which they mean in terms of targeting or in terms of media. So let's take one at a time. On the media side, um, you know, the, the favorite places we see, if you're looking for direct response results, is going to be typically broadcast or TV uh, or digital marketing, which could include paid search, paid social, and programmatic. Those are like the levers that we can control quickly that tend to generate results. So if you're looking at it from a media standpoint, those are my first places. Maybe the next level down would be uh, radio, print, outdoor. Those things are way down the list, right? Um, if they're looking at it from a which cases should we go after, that, again, going back to what I talked about earlier, clinically, this is the first issue. What's the driver? And then, you know, you really have to prioritize. This is exactly what I said earlier was I was predicting that a lot of people had to stop, uh, despite my pleas to the contrary, you know, just had to stop internally, and I get it. So now it's like we have to go back and really create a plan of, okay, what, what kind of patients are we ready for? Which ones drive revenue to the hospital? Which are broad? What's our mission? You know, so is our mission healthcare for the community? Is that where we want to focus? Or is our mission, um, you know, generate some elective care cases? So I think 
that's a, you know, it's going to vary by hospital to, and practice, you know, to whatever provider you have. But certainly the, the levers that we can draw quickly um, are going to be the paid um, digital stuff because you can do it so quickly and get results so quickly. Great. Good, good answer. Had a question. When do you think Google will start actively posting reviews? Um, you know, it's a great question. We've seen across our, our um, and we represent over 30,000 healthcare locations, just our customers, and we see a trickle, right? Not like we did before February, March, but we're starting to see a little bit more in some geographic areas. There's no rhyme or reason necessarily um, to even some of the um, whether it's urgent care hospital or clinics. So I would imagine in the next month or two, we're going to see more uh, Google reviews being posted for healthcare. Uh, so keep an eye, you know, we're, we're keeping an eye and we're communicating when we see changes for sure. Um, but we're starting to see more reviews come into our system. Uh, great question. Uh, another question, do you think patients will be uh, able to leave an equally positive review for a telemedicine visit as they do for an in-person visit. Uh, from our data that we have, uh, and I'll just answer this and Stuart would love to have your thoughts, our data is that we are seeing consistently higher um, reviews, positive reviews than uh, in clinic, in-person, I should say, uh, appointment. So that's so far in our data, but um, we still are collecting and wanna share more as we do the study, but I definitely think you know, with the satisfaction, we're seeing not only our own internal data, but also other studies that we'll see positive reviews, a lot of positive reviews from telehealth visits. Stuart, any thoughts on that? Yeah, first of all, Aaron, I love that. I'd love to see you guys do that data because I don't, I haven't seen that data anywhere. So <laughs> yep. yeah, we're, we're still, it's in the work. You guys get it because yep. I'd love to have that. Um, I would say, you know, the healthcare system and, you know, Places like healthcare, government, and insurance—they're not known to be, you know, first movers. They tend to be very, very conservative. And in healthcare, in particular, um, I think the data will be very, very important. Here's why: because, you know, not that you have ever experienced this, but there are some hospitals and practices where, you know, a vocal doctor or two or a vocal administrator or two may decide they don't like this, and they have one or two bad anecdotes, and again, they throw babies out with bathwater. So, you know, somebody, this patient gave us a terrible review on Yelp about the you know, incompetent telemedicine, yet there's all this other data. So I think the data is really important because, you know, you and I both talked about our telemedicine experiences and I'll never go back. I've used it now a number of different times for different reasons. Right. And um, so, yeah, there's going to be some, this is, we're just getting started, right? We just, we still have training wheels on. So it's not going to be, if, just think about that. You're already getting better reviews than in person. And this is with training wheels on. You're still not up and running. And I've seen some data here about telemedicine where, you know, it could be used about 20% of the time in this case and about 30% of the time in this case. And I've got to believe that that's, that's all true, but I think that it's going to be used a lot more than that as we get, as we get more used to it and more creative with it, it's going to be just a huge impact. And it solves so many problems, obviously in a pandemic, right? You don't have a bunch of hospital beds uh, set up with moderately ill people. Uh, the future is, you know, again, it's been said to death, but it really is bright and people like it. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Well, thank you all for joining. Uh, we really appreciate uh, you joining us. If you have questions and want to talk, Stuart and I both are open. Stuart, I'm speaking for you. Please <laughs> reach out. <laughs> no, absolutely. If you have questions yeah. about the webinar content or anything and, uh, or doing business or whatever, let me know. My email's up there. I'm easy to reach. Uh, schedule time to talk. And Aaron, um, 
fantastic working with you guys. Again, thank you for the invitation. Yeah, well, thank you. And just real quick before we end, somebody else had affirmed uh, and said that their group is seeing higher scores for telemedicine as well. So uh, thank you. Thank you all for joining. Really appreciate you taking your time. Let us know if there's anything we can do for you. Thank you.